This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Beck, uh, the big debate tonight, which I know we're all looking forward to. I kind of am actually looking forward to this. Really? Yeah. Well, I am not. I want to see it's it. It's going to be agonizing. Well, oh, it's going to be really agonizing. But that's kind of the charm of it. I think when you're talking about a democratic debate, that's that the true. best you're going to get. Um, you know, it's an interesting uh, field. Is you've got a uh, of serious front runner. As mm-hmm. much as Hillary has stumbled, she's still the big time front runner. You know, she. Uh, I was looking at some of her poll numbers among African Americans. In one poll, she was losing uh, like eighty-seven to four, or she was winning eighty-seven to four uh, <coughs> against Bernie Sanders. Wow. Um, she Bernie Sanders is not connected at all with minority voters. Now that doesn't hurt him in Iowa and New Hampshire, but when you get to South Carolina, other states around the nation, it's going to wind up being a big deal. You know, we've kind of tested this a little bit um, over the past couple of months. The question is, if he can win both of those states, it might just not matter. You know, all of a sudden he might just be the guy. Uh, but I, I just don't see how it's possible. So I think I think this is honestly a really risky night for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, he's been living in this bubble where it's like, I'm just not Hillary Clinton, and I've got big, really friendly audiences of 20,000 I can talk to. Now he's going to have to stand on a debate with people who are more professional politicians. It's not a college crowd. You know, this is, uh, you know, it's, you've got journalists that might um, be more friendly to uh, the Clinton perspective than the, the uh, Bernie Sanders perspective, especially from the idea of they probably don't think Bernie Sanders can win, so they want to kind of make this a little easier for Hillary. I think that's a, there's an element of that oh probably gosh, in there yeah, somewhere. That sure is. Um, so can Bernie Sanders survive this? You know, he's, he's obviously terrible, right? Now, mm-hmm. she's also terrible, mm-hmm. um, which, and so is uh, Lincoln Chafee, and I think Jim Webb, though I don't know Jim Webb very well. Uh, he might be a little bit better than I expect. You wonder if this is an opportunity for Martin O'Malley, though. He'll, he'll be the one with the name tag on tonight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you'll know who he is. Well, here's, here's our little, these are our name tags. Do we have our name tags here? Because this is, you see Jim Webb, he's actually, um, amazingly, in the race. Huh. <laughs> mm. And Lincoln Chafee, too. Well, Lincoln everybody Ch- forgot except for his bold initiative on the metric system. <laughs> yes. That was where people were like, oh, my gosh. 
We're talking that's we're talking plan. meters, we're talking centimeters, we're yeah. talking millimeters, kilometers. we're talking kilometers, all of them. Yeah. And it may be a little Celsius <laughs> mixed in. Um, which I just think uh, I think you just need to put throw that in there. I mean, well. if it's 32 degrees and hot, mm. that's where I love it. I love it. That's where I love it. <laughs> um, it he also looks uh, like a turtle. Uh, he does a uh, little bit like what you say? Mitch McConnell actually. He's got the Mitch McConnell mm -hmm. thing going on. Um, again, like I look at that field for a second. You know, Jim Webb, okay, normal-looking senator type of guy. Chafee, a weirdo. What I love uh, is the diversity. Yeah. There. Oh God! Oh, jeez! Oh, all the colors of the rainbow that yeah. are white. Um, but I, you wonder how does O'Malley not step out and when he's in Boy, front of the American sure. people make an impression here? She's terrible. Sanders is terrible. Chafee's terrible. Webb is boring. Martin O'Malley and he can't do anything. How does he I not know, win? He's break I know. Out. How does weird. this guy not win? I don't understand it. Good-looking guy. Got to uh, take his shirt off. He's yeah. Well, I so mean, got to take his abs like. And in Maryland, well, this ain't cankles. Uh, I'm glad you didn't really do that. Uh, I can. No, no, that's not. all right. That's okay. And in Maryland, he's gotten you know the really progressive agenda through. He's done gun control, uh, same-sex marriage thing, uh, the elimination of the death penalty, and all kinds of other progressive issues that the Democrats love. Yeah. Now he was so popular in Maryland that they that Maryland elected a Republican governor once he left. After so, he left, uh, that's not so. exactly a ringing endorsement. But again, that's not what you're looking for here. Mm -hmm. What you're looking for here is who's the most liberal of the liberals. And like you know, they, there's an interview. I was reading a thing this morning, and they're talking about this this debate, and, and they're talking about how Hillary Clinton is outmaneuvering Bernie Sanders on the left. And like for example, Bernie Sanders at one point um, he actually voted on the right side for us. Uh, of the um, suing gun manufacturers for deaths. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. He actually was on the NRA's side of that argument, uh, you know, years and years and years ago, and I'm sure he's being changed or whatever and is more liberal now. But that's why she put that in her gun plan, because she wanted to show she's more liberal than Bernie Sanders, an admitted socialist. She's running to the left of an admitted socialist. This is not Bill Clinton who says, oh, that, those, those people out there, oh, wow, si you know, sister soldier moment here. Uh, those people are too crazy. Socialists? Come on, they're nuts. No. She's running to the left of the socialist. That is where we are in this country. I mean, yeah, yeah. again, Glenn was actually looking for credit uh, mm -hmm. for the, his prediction. I think he needs to get it. I mean, yeah. She hasn't amazing. actually said, I am a socialist. No. I'm more of a socialist than Bernie is. But... Her policies certainly have said it. Yeah. I mean, she, that was the quote. It was that she was running to the left. I'm yeah. pulling out my phone here to, to, to give you the quote. I mean, we could do that here in a minute. But it's like that's a, that's a pretty amazing uh, admission from it a is. mainstream candidate. Here's it a guy is. who's a socialist. Uh, I need to get to his left as fast as possible. Uh, meanwhile, uh, CNN actually did invite Joe Biden to the debate tonight, even though he hasn't announced that he's running for president. Uh, so if he decides at the last minute, yeah, I'm going to show up and, and debate these people. Uh, they're ready, and I, I think that would add some really nice spice to it. I, I wish he would do it. It would it would be kind of fun. Oh, but. I want him to do it in the middle of the debate, like oh, halfway through. Great. He just walks out on stage carrying his podium like this, like a like a, <laughs> a severed head. Just carrying, <laughs> plops it down, and just bring Upstage it Upstage everybody. Yeah, I would love that. That would be awesome. And then he start playing like Jay Z for no reason. <laughs> and then he says, excuse me, that Jay-Z sounds like he's a foreigner. Do you know a lot of these guys work at 7-Eleven? And then it gets really awkward. But for that first moment, it would be really interesting. And they'd love it because that's <laughs> oh, just Joe being Joe. That's just Joe being Joe. 888-727-BECK, uh, 888-727-BECK. CNN says they won't pit the Democrats against each other. Uh, Why not? 
Uh, didn't they do exactly that? Exactly what, that. Exactly that with the Republicans? Mm-hmm. CNN's Anderson Cooper will moderate, and he said he won't be encouraging confrontations between the oh candidates. Oh, my gosh. I'm always uncomfortable with that notion of setting people up in order to kind of promote some sort of a face-off. Look, these are all serious people. This is a serious debate. They want to talk about Whoa. the issues, and I want to give them an opportunity to do that, he said. And I, I tend to agree with uh, Anderson Cooper here. Um, and and I, But that's not a knock against Jake Tapper, who was hosting the last debate. I think you know, they did something else there. But don't you have to do this consistent thing on the same network? You would think, you can't yeah. Treat, you can't treat the Democrats completely differently and than they're the going Republicans, to. but they're saying they're going to. Yeah. I actually kind of, I'd rather have, even though it makes for more entertaining television to have the confrontation, especially early in a debate like this, I'd rather see these guys actually able to articulate what the heck they're trying to say. Well, I don't, I don't even know with this field, who, who's, what are you going to confront? I mean, they're all almost communists. So they've all got the same policies. <laughs> they don't really seem to hate each other. Uh, no. They all kind of well, get along together and play in the same pool. What, what do they have to confront each other on? The, the, the buzz, Pat. Mm-hmm. The buzz on the street. Because I'm, I'm on the streets a lot. I, I, yeah. I, I, grew I know up, you are. I was born I on the streets, grew up on the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it wasn't Helena, Montana. No. Uh, but it was a rough neighborhood. Don't pretend to be Helena. Oh, no, no, no. no. It, was, it was a rough neighborhood. Not your cushy you know, Connecticut shoreline suburban area. Suburban shoreline Connecticut. Yeah. Um, I, uh, but the, the, the buzz is that it's going to be um, a situation where uh, Bernie Sanders uh, is going to attack her on her support for the Iraq war. He was against it. She was for it. <laughs> are we still going to be on that? I mean, really? Is there, are, are there Democrats who are still 15 years later almost? Thinking, yeah, that's right. She voted for the Iraq War. <laughs> Come on, well, kind of water under the bridge by this time. Yeah, well, I mean, she is has continued though. That I mean, she yeah. Libya and you know that's the only policy I guess she still has because she's changed her mind on everything else. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, um, so I don't know. I think uh, it'll be interesting. Who, who can get? Who can be more socialist? That's my question. Who can get to the know. more socialist side of things? That's a really important. Uh, I, I can't believe this is this America. I, who can be more socialist to win their party's nomination? It is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, I guess we won't see the, the fireworks, but they don't have a Donald Trump. You know, they don't have somebody who's going to come out there and you know. There's no celebrity candidates here. You got to think. To I've, we've been saying this for months. We've been waiting for this to happen. This has got to be the Martin O'Malley breakout moment. If, if there's one, if, if there's no now, reason this guy is not winning this. If race. not now, Stu, when? when? If not who, if, then, then Martin what? O'Malley. If, if not, not Lincoln where, Safety, then, then why? The metric system. Um, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I think if I have, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, my thought would be we come out of this with Bernie Sanders starting a, a, a significant decline. I mean, it's a guess, but it's just, I feel like Sanders is going to get on the stage and people are going to be like, eh, really? This, I mean, I love him, but he's, he's obviously nuts. <laughs> um, and he, there's no chance. And I don't mean from a pro- policy perspective because they love him, but they'll say, mm-hmm. he's, this guy's not going to freaking win. We can't put this guy up as our candidate. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun little, uh, it's, a, it's a fun flirtation. Wouldn't it be fun uh, if it on. went the other way? If they decided tonight, nah, could, this guy's the guy, man. He is the one. I would love to have him be the Democrat nominee. 
Uh, I oh my God! Yes. I mean, I don't. I don't care who the Republican is. Got to win. And Unless it's Trump. Trump may lose to this guy. Oh well, he does in every. He's behind poll. him in the polls. Yeah, in every single poll. Um, I don't think though the uh, the issue. Like I'm not even. It's not even about Republicans winning against him. It's the idea that I think it would be the most pure ideological debate. You'd have mm-hmm. a guy who's freaking saying he's a socialist. And you have a guy like, you know, say, Ted Cruz, who comes out and says, I, the Constitution, <sighs> I would Cruz love would that. rip him to shreds. I believe that. You know, honestly, in the United States of America, at this point, I don't know what would happen. Who knows? But I w- if, if we're going to go down this road, let's all admit we're doing it. Yeah. Let's all sit here and understand we want freaking socialism. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to go that direction, we're going to go with a guy who's telling us outwardly he's a socialist. Yeah. A guy who's telling us outwardly he's not a capitalist. I mean, on the other hand, you have the even more severe scenario where Lincoln Chafee is outwardly telling us he wants the metric system. He's saying it. He's saying it. He's saying it. I want to switch from yards to meters. And I say no. I say no. I'm not doing it. Go socialist if you will, but I'm not switching to the metric system. Mm. No. No. <laughs> uh, Van Jones is even upset with this and says the Democrat Party has a problem because it's the whitest field since 1992. And obviously, here's, here's the field again. Can we take a look at the, uh, at the look at that uh, different path. shades of white? <clears throat> You've got uh, pasty white with Jim Webb. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, kind of uh, old, old person white with Lincoln Chafee. And You've got sort of a tan. Kind of a tan Martin white. O'Malley. You've mm-hmm. got, I don't know what Bernie Sanders is, and Hillary is. Old white, and then uh, woman white. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's a white field. So it's all white. Noticed. And uh, Van Jones has noticed. And, uh, by the way, uh, the Republican Party, completely diverse. I mean, we have the most diverse field in the history of the nation. Is yeah. there ever been a time when, when more minorities have run? It's a good point. Question. You know, I don't know the. I, I, don't, I don't think so. That. I, you've got you've got a black candidate. You've got two Hispanics, and you have a woman and an Indian. And an, that's and an American Indian. Yep. Or Indian American. Or and, he doesn't like the hyphenated thing. But no. he's, you know, his his heritage is from the nation of India. And let's not forget mm. whatever the heck Trump is alien. I don't. I mean, we don't, yeah. we don't know exactly. But it's casinoan, casinoan. Okay, whatever mm. that is. Uh, so he's in there too. Um, and uh, I, you know we don't know a lot about Gil Crestmoreland, and he could be minority. I think he's uh, um. he's one four hundred and twenty seventh <laughs> Cherokee. <laughs> but, and not to mention, it's not like these are because there, um, there was a uh, I, you know I'm testing myself on what race this was. I want to say it was two thousand four when Al Sharpton ran and Carol Mosley Braun ran. Uh, Remember yeah. that? But the, but those candidates were. Never a threat at the no, nomination. They serious. were all also ran throw in. You know, they were the, you know, Carol Mosley Brown, if she ever cracked 1%, I don't remember it. Um, you know, Sharpton was a little bit higher than that, but was never a serious threat to get the nomination. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you look at this field, you have number one is Trump, who is obviously a celebrity and a little bit of an asterisk so far in the campaign. But after that, mm-hmm. Ben Carson's number two. Um, uh, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio have been trading, um, and, and Carly Fiorina have been trading that third position, or a third position for the last few weeks. It's almost everybody who's actually doing well in this race is either um, uh, a minority or from another planet. <laughs>
I mean, there's almost no. I mean, look at look, look at boring white guys in this race. Rand Paul having a real tough time right now. Mike Huckabee making no dent at all. Rick Santorum has not had any good moments really yet, although he's hoping. Uh, George Pataki, a big zilch. Z- Lindsey Graham, below Dead a last. zilch. Jeb Bush, all the money in the world but failing. Um, Chris Christie, uh, bubbling under as a bottom-tier candidate. John Kasich, same story. Jim Gilmore, who knows he's in the race. None of the white guys outside of Donald mm-hmm. Trump are actually doing well. And again, Trump is an no obviously buzz. a different story. The guy's one of the, one of the most recognizable people in America. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's had tons and tons of media coverage. And while his polls have started to slip, he's still, you know, he's still holding on. Um, whether that lasts or not is, uh, you know, uh, is questionable, obviously. But still, there's no reason to believe a boring white guy, certainly not a boring white guy, will win. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe Trump wins, I don't know, if, in some crazy scenario, but he's not boring. I got my first really nasty uh, uh, Facebook postings uh, in the comment section oh, nice. yesterday. Congratulations. Uh, because I talked about Trump, of course, and uh, it wasn't glowing. And it, it wasn't it, it worshipful. And uh, I actually said the truth. And, um, you know, oh, there's still oh, you gotta, so gotta, many people that take exception to that. The, the oh, truth. I should, it, this, that's one of the rules of Facebook. Whenever you talk about Donald Trump, you're supposed to say he's great no matter what he does. You should, I, didn't, I should have told you I that. I should have when told you, you that. Yeah. There is a box you have to Dang check, it. but it's, in the, it's a long text. Okay. You know, you have to, I accept, accept these terms. <laughs> you have to be supportive of Donald Trump no matter what he does. You if really he supports do. universal health care. Really you oh, need that's to be okay. supportive that's okay. of him on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Higher taxes, you need <clears throat> that's to be supportive fine. of that. Um, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the policy is. Eminent domain, if he wants to take people's houses, that's great. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it's good. That's good. It's, it's a positive. It's yeah. What were, they, is that, what were they, What was the specific complaint here? Uh, oh, that that uh, it was. I was posting about his comments on uh, Glenn and uh, talking about who this guy really is, and so. Um, Whoever the guy was was posted that it was uh, we nonstop uh, bashing from this network that that's all we do and that we deserve every bad thing we get and on and on and on and I I mean what are you talking about first of all we rarely even talk about him anymore. I mean, once in a while we we talk about and him. I will say it's not at least on mm-hmm. our show between me Glenn Pat. And Jeffy, there's not a lot to be said that is positive. I don't. I think he's no. a terrible Republican. Well, candidate. I mean, I don't know how you talk about the guy in a positive way. He um, is potentially the worst candidate I've ever seen in my life. I, I, I have ever for a Republican to be running from the position he is, to be as poorly spoken as he is, to speak in uh, non sequiturs as he does. He can't finish a sentence. He can't complete a thought. He uh, doesn't have the same policy this year that he had last year. And the year before that, it was different. He was a Democrat until 2009. He still has many of the same policies. He still likes universal health care. And eminent domain. And eminent domain. He uh, is he strong on immigration? I guess at least he talks a good game, but at least that's right now ju- just nonsense because he's telling you he's going to build a wall which he will force Mexico to pay for, which everyone knows can't happen. It's not going to happen. How are you going to make him do that? Are you going to war with Mexico over making them pay for a wall? That's the way you do it. I mean, how are you going to do it? That's the only way to do it. What, we're going to send F-15 fighters to Mexico City (laughs) if you don't pay for this wall? 
Okay. No, well, he's just going to get it done. He's just uh, going to get why. it done through Look, the power of his will. That's what Barack Obama said. It's it's similar to the Sanders thing. You know, if we're going to go down that road, well, I mean, whatever. We've given up. Mm-hmm. We've given up as a nation. I know. That's true. Uh, I mean, whatever. I, we, we, can all, we can all sit here and talk you know? about sports or, you know, movies or whatever until we all collapse. Yep. I mean, but I mean, we've obviously given up if Donald Trump's the nominee. It's a, it's, we've given up on conservative values. We've given up on the Constitution. We've For given sure. up on all those things that used to be important to conservatives. If it's not anymore, I mean, that's fine. Well, I mean, it's going to obviously be bad for the country. It's not fine for the country. But we'll, we'll still have a show. We'll, you know, we'll just do something else. I, I mean, obviously, people mm-hmm. don't care about issues if that's what winds up happening. My guess is, though, the truth is, and we've seen this in a, in a polling of the engaged people in our audience, is they don't like this guy yeah. once they look at him. Yeah. It just, it, we live in this world where we think everyone's looking at this. They're not. They, they're, oh, Donald Trump, he's making a lot of noise. I like him. That's it. It's like the end of the analysis right now. Sure no true. one's thinking about this as seriously as we are at this but point. But even when you point out all the reasons not to like him as a conservative, they still do. They still do. So, those people do. I mean, but I mean, those people also think Bush took down the towers. You know what I mean? It's like you get to a certain yeah. point where it's just like, and that, that doesn't mean they're all aligned that way, but the, it's that sort of you know religious fervor for the guy. There's, he's got to have is. that sort of base because. You know, he's he's popular. He's a celebrity. He has an engaging personality. This is where he's mm-hmm. made a lot of his money is because he just doesn't freaking care and acts cocky and con- uh, con- uh, comfortable with what he's saying. But, I mean, he's so bad as a candidate. And worse, he's a- bad as a conservative. Um, that's honestly – I could deal with a guy who says whatever he feels comes to his head and butchers the language at times, but he's standing up for conservative values. I could deal with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. That that uh, you know, look at even Jeffy. I mean, we've got Jeffy over here, and he can't wow. get through a sentence. He says spoons all, all the time, but we right. like him. Yeah, I mean, I don't like him, but you know what I'm saying. Right, I do. In theory, and we put up with him. Me? We put up with him. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, nothing. No. Okay. All right. Triple uh, eight seven twenty seven back. Patents do. Uh, we'll come back in a second. It's true. We was it that Yeah, as you like to say, have to do it. It almost sounds negative when you say it that way, though. No, I, I don't mean it that way at all. Oh, really? Yeah. I because mean, inevitable means like, oh, jeez, like, you know, yeah. death and taxes, they're well, inevitable. That's what it's like. But sometimes there's things that are inevitable that are still good oh, okay. and positive that you look forward to. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I can tell you from personal experience that choosing the right real estate agent can make a huge difference in how fast and for how much you can sell your home. That's why we formed realestateagentsitrust.com. We found the top agents all over the country. They're not slick, they share my values, and they work hard for their clients to sell homes fast and for top dollar. So if you're thinking about selling your home, go right now to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. an enemies list like you can't believe oh, it. I noticed you just blew past yeah. the Facebook post that uh, put you in your about place. Donald Trump. And, and see, I, I'm remembering more about the, the post. It was, it was <laughs> I, I, you know, it's a concern to me because if you think about the way this guy responds to people who say anything critical of him, and it doesn't even have to be personal, anything critical, he just goes after you uh, rabidly. Mm-hmm. And it's even people he's supported in the past and said glowing things about, like yeah. Megyn Kelly, Eric Erickson, Glenn Beck. I mean, on and on and on. 
He loved them at one point, mm -hmm. but the minute they say anything or challenge him or ask him a question he doesn't like, he goes after you, and, and now you're on his enemies list. So imagine that as commander-in-chief. Jonah Goldberg is another one on that list. Jonah Goldberg, yep, same, same thing. thing. <laughs> so imagine that guy with the power of the executive office behind him. So that's what I was talking about. And then you found a, not the post <laughs> I was talking about, because this is a new one. Oh, this one you get really put in your place. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah. But so no wonder you forgot to mention it. <laughs> uh, you got to do what you got to do, Pat. Mm -hmm. Support your boss and old-time friend Glenn Beck. But question <laughs> is, when slash if Donald J. Trump becomes president and he is not all these things you imagine him to be and mm -hmm. he does a good, clean, and smart job <laughs> which anyone with good intuition and vision can see, what are you going to, to say next? Are you going to be so embarrassed not being significant anymore that you'll just try to change your mind and words? Or will you become even crazier and continue <laughs> knocking him down for no reason <laughs> no until reason. you are as visible mm -hmm. and relevant as a little ant? Wow. Whoa. He did get okay. Wow, he nailed me. He did. Yeah, you got me. Uh, yeah. You got me. Um, yeah, here's yes. the thing. Here, All of that. This is what yes. I love about this scenario. <laughs> is if Donald Trump does that, he wins the election and is a great president, how awesome is it going to be to be wrong on that? I would love that. I what love a great it. situation right. where we could have this yeah. guy who's been a dirtbag for years and years and years and years, turns it around. Hey, it happens. You know, mm -hmm. people, it happens sometimes. Uh, I can't think of an example uh, of this sort, but <laughs> let's just say it could happen. Um, and he does, and he becomes a wonderful president and turns us back to conservative values, and, and, the, and, the, and the country uh, mm -hmm. thrives mm -hmm. in, in his wake. What a wonderful world that will be, and I will get to be wrong, and, but wrong but happy. Yeah. Because we will live in this great country yeah. where everything will work and perfectly and he will win every negotiation and we'll have no enemies because he's so perfect. When that happens, I can't even tell you how thrilled I will be to admit that I'm wrong. Um, I can promise you this. I will not be wrong. <laughs> but I could be, look, I, my promise, what is that worth? I could be, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm more than, more than thrilled. This is the greatest part about this argument for me is that I'm either right or the world is the best place that anyone could ever imagine. It's utter utopia because that's what he promises. So if he's right, every problem will be solved instantly by him before he even gets in office. Mm -hmm. And if I'm right, then it's going to be a crap heap, which I'm going to say it's going to lean my direction. Uh, but uh, but with that being said, he's not even going to win. Well, so there you go. Uh, yeah, there's no way this guy wins. I, I mean... Even if he got through the Republican nomination process, he loses to whomever is the Democrat. Only in all scenarios, though. Only in every scenario. Only in all scenarios. Against all possible candidates. Lincoln Chafee would beat the guy. Wow. I honestly... Lincoln freaking Chafee. Now, look, Lincoln Chafee has less of a chance of winning than even Donald Trump. <laughs> but yes, if, they go, if they both somehow became nominees, yeah. yes, I agree with you, Lincoln Chafee would win. Yeah. That's how bad Donald Trump is. Yeah. The metric system guy would win. They will break out every possible piece of dirt they have on this guy. Oh, yeah. They will show you all the buffoonery. They will show you all the flip-flops. They're not doing that now. Well, I mean, Because they, they'd they, love for they him love to be him. the nominee. You know who's on? They'd love for him to Go be. to the blaze now. You'll see a story about how Mika was defending him today. Oh, you're kidding. What, what's Mika really? doing defending Donald Trump? Is that a click in your mind as being odd? Why the hell is yes. she doing that? Because she loves this. 
She's watching one of the two parties, the opposition party, destroy itself <laughs> over a talk show freaking uh, reality show host. Uh, you know, hey, not a good idea. No. Uh, but for her no. it is. It's obviously uh, stunningly positive. Um, but, I mean, we, we, we used this example a while ago. And, and it's who knows if it's real. Um, I'm not saying that it is. Um, but just think of Donald Trump as the actual Republican nominee with the media's firepower finding things like this. When he in the 80s, he, there are employees, black employees of his casinos who say that when he arrived, they removed all the black employees off the floor because it didn't look good with Donald on the floor with yeah, black you, employees. You think they'll talk about that in their general election yeah, if think, it comes around? No, and, and, and right now there's one guy saying, you know, or a couple guys saying this uh, in one a lengthy New Yorker article about Atlantic City having nothing to do with Donald Trump. It's just generally about Atlantic City, and that's a mm. little nugget thrown in there. Do you know how many thousands of those there are? Do you know how many thousands of just mm. let's just say this guy has been perfect. You know how many thousands of enemies he's made that will come out and lie about him? Even if you just want to be really generous and say none of these things are true, which I don't believe at all. I, I honestly do believe a lot of these things are going to wind up being true. Look what they did to Romney. You don't think they do that right. to the I mean, they pull out power haircuts. with Donald Trump? Yeah. And, he, oh, and he's on. made so many enemies, so many people yeah. who have, uh, who have you know, don't. Unlike Mitt Romney, who most of the people in his life liked, right? They, a lot of people in this, he's he said what he's done is stomp on people to get what he wants done. That's his campaign, basically. <laughs> I will stomp on people and destroy them <laughs> to win. Well, he's been doing that his whole life. A lot of times with government power behind it, by the way, which is an odd thing for a conservative to do. But he's been doing that his whole life. He's been mm -hmm. crushing other people his whole life. So you're going to have a lot of people with a lot of things and... Who knows who's got stuff on tape? Who knows who, what's, what's in writing that's just waiting for this guy to win? You're thinking the Democrats he's done business with have not recorded meetings, conversations where this guy has been saying God knows what in private? Well, Again, I, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing but a scare tactic now because we don't have anything beyond bland accusations. But the media will latch onto those things. I often go back in my mind to the point before he started running for, for, uh, for the nomination where he met with the Clintons, inexplicably goes to meet with the Clintons. And then, was it a few, was it a week later or so, he announced his candidacy? So he goes to meet with the Clintons, and I would not, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, obviously, uh, but it would not surprise me if they convinced him to run in order to throw the election to the Democrats. I mean, it wouldn't put me, it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past any of them, the Clintons or Donald Trump, to be a ruse against the Republican Party. To go in and create as much chaos and animosity and, and suck as much oxygen out of what otherwise would be an incredibly good race right now with incredibly yeah. good candidates. And the Democrats knew that going in. They knew we were going to have the strongest field maybe in the history of the country. And so could this guy be a plant by the Democrats? I mean, he's been a Democrat his whole life. Yeah. I mean, and again, yes. he could be a plant. But the argument is also is that at least he's brought some fire to the campaign. At least he's brought some notice to the, to the, yeah. to the campaign yeah. for so the Republicans. What? So that, if, you know. If none of the cream rises to the top, so what? Yeah. I mean, again, and, and this is just, we're in fantasy world here where this guy wins this nomination, honestly. That's but, true. But, like, let's just take this for, for, for a second. Just think, just think, for example, fantasize for a moment with me, this guy's record with women. 
Okay. Now, women already hate him. He's Talk already the war on the women. Most, yeah. That's all you'll hear. Yeah. Think of what he said mm-hmm. on camera or to media sources about women. What is it um, said off camera? You know, okay, oh Megyn Kelly. All right, he, he found a way out of that one because that was uh, nothing to do with a period uh, joke. That's not what that was. <laughs> um, but let's, let's just go beyond that one. He, he mocked Carly Fiorina's face. Right. Um, right. He uh, uh, has made, uh, he told a woman it would be great to see her on her knees. These are on-camera moments. What has this guy said off-camera? What women are going to come out and say, this is how I was treated at his business by him? Can you imagine? Even if you love the guy and you think they're all jokes, can you imagine the crap that's going to come out if this guy becomes the nominee? He's been doing nothing. I mean, go back to his comments from uh, the 80s and 90s. Obviously, you know, from the point where his wife uh, accused and then recanted, sort of, kind of. Uh, a rape accusation against him. You have oh, him. Yeah. Uh, you have him. Was say, that Marla Maples? No, that was that was the fear. That was the Ivanka uh, or Ivana. Ivana is Ivana. The, was was the one who did that. And again, she said her. She said uh, she accused him of rape. Then said no, it was only assault. That was her. That was her fallback. And then uh, later on, when it was brought up, he had his people call and say, "You can't rape your wife." That's all happening now. Uh, it would Crazy, be. Man. It would, I mean, it would be the easiest win in history. Seriously, would it, it would be? It would be I a, would say a twenty-point blowout at least. At I least. Mean, I, I mean, I don't know, know when the last time was we had a twenty-point victory by anybody. Right. It just doesn't but happen. This would be. Yeah. You're, you go back be. to this would be Reagan. Mondale. So good luck with that. Yeah. It, it would be Reagan Mondale in yeah. reverse. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Apparently, Boeing has uh, come up with a, some sort of light material uh, that potentially they can use on their planes, um, and they have a they've released a video which showcases this revolutionary micro lattice, and it's the world's lightest material. I thought that was like a. Is it lighter than a feather? Uh, is that possible? Yes, I think it is. Lighter it's like than ninety nine percent air or something. Oh, um, is so it? it's, it's the so it's, it's the world's cool. lightest material, and then over here we have the world's <laughs> heaviest material. <laughs> I'd have bet a million dollars. <laughs> I should have bet. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Okay, uh, let's uh, check this out from uh, Boeing. We were able to make the world's lightest material. The entire structure was basically ninety nine point nine nine percent air. Weird. Lightest metal ever. The microlattice is a 3D open cellular polymer structure and can often be compared to something like a bone structure. In your bone structures, the outside of your bone is very rigid, but on the inside, it's actually mostly hollow, where you basically have an open cellular structure, so they aren't easily crushed, yet lightweight at the same time. 
One of the strongest and lightest materials known to science. Strongest if you want to look lightest. at just properties in general, mm -hmm. we'll then so one would be compression in the sense of energy absorption, and then the second would be lightweight oh in wow. terms of having very hollow tubes. That's impressive. And it's metal. Did you see the little piece sitting on top of the dandelion, though? Yeah. Man, that was yeah. Top of the dandelion. That, that is crazy. is cool. Uh, so I guess the, for Boeing, this would be something you'd, you'd want to make uh, aircraft out of eventually one day. Well, yeah. I mean, imagine how fuel efficient Strong something like that could light. be. I mean, yeah. you know, you wouldn't, I mean, it would certainly save a lot of money on, on fuel costs. And not wow. to mention, I mean, there's almost unlimited, um, you know, uses for Applications. super light metal like that. I mean, yeah. I, you know, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, imagine, I mean, just, you know, from, uh, we always talk about, uh, you know, we're obviously big football fans. I mean, think about uh, the, the applications that could be from head protection. Helmets. Um, mm -hmm. And helmets and things like that. I mean, even in pads, probably, when it's that light, you probably could be able to shield a lot of the impact th that way as well inside of pads. Suits of armor for our Suits nights. Suits of armor for our nights. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. Uh, here's part two of the lightest material ever. Let's say you have the egg drop challenge that okay. you know a lot of students have in school and they need to drop an egg from 25 stories and protect that egg. It would probably wrap it in many, many layers of bubble wrap and then drop it and hope for the best. It's air. But what we can do is back design the micro lattice to absorb the force that the egg feels. So instead of having an egg that's wrapped in three feet of bubble wrap, now you have a much smaller package that your egg can sit in. One of the main applications so that we've been cool. looking into is structural components or aerospace. Sure. Right. So when I get on an airplane and I'm leaning against the sidewall panel, I'm putting my luggage in the stove bin, or I'm walking along the floor panels, I think, you know, the micro lattice could be used in one of these applications. In the future, the material could help Boeing to save a lot of weight, to make the airplanes more fuel efficient. It's really exciting to be able to work with things that we make that can eventually go into a real product that a lot of users can um, interact with. Wow, that's pretty cool. I like that. Huh. And uh, it's American. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Their American invention. Um, so it's 99.9% air? Is that what she I said? She said 99.99% was her. That is crazy. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get your head around that. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Putin says Russia's campaign in Syria... More effective than the U.S. is. Of course, he's going to say that. And I'm guessing it's probably true. Uh, Putin defended his air and cruise missile strikes <clears throat> on terror targets in Syria as two Saudi Arabian officials softened their government's position on the fate of Bashar al-Assad. Al -Assad. Uh, Putin's bombing campaign to support his ally, Assad, took the U.S. and NATO by surprise, overshadowed a flurry of diplomacy. Uh, Russia building up its military presence. Um, on and on. Putin said the Russian air campaign was already more effective than the discontinued U.S. efforts. So we just this stopped. A, this is a real picture. I just want to make sure we I just stopped. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, remember that when they when this they was did the, the last. Yeah. Oh, okay. This was the last. Uh, okay, the, <laughs> it's such a great picture. <laughs> it's the last G20. Uh, oh, okay. Is it? 
Yeah. Yeah. And he was shirtless, <laughs> riding uh, horseback shirtless. <laughs> that actually uh, part is behind him. Yes, that's real. I think, I think the horseback picture yeah, that is, is real. True. That is real. Yeah. The only issue is uh, Barack Obama <laughs> just, just tightly <laughs> grasping his waist. <laughs> his bike helmet on. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Putin said uh, that it's more effective than the uh, U.S. efforts to support some militant groups. It would have been better to give us five hundred to give us five hundred million dollars, uh, Putin said. At least we would have used it more effectively from the point of point of view of fighting international terrorism. Uh, have you heard this story where <laughs> they, we spent five hundred million dollars and we only trained five people? Yeah, <laughs> is that yeah legit? Yeah, that's legit. Yeah, so I mean, uh, he's right. <clears throat> We've yeah. got the worst leadership in the world. Is is there any doubt in anybody's mind? Well, I think you'd change your <clears throat> mind if you would have heard in the 60 Minutes interview this week, past weekend with yeah. Barack Obama. I'd change my mind. He uh, clearly, you would change your mind. Really? He was. He's the leader of the of the world. The world. Okay. I mean, well, uh, it, it was interesting clearly. because we played a little bit of that yesterday, did we not? Clearly. And and uh, Steve Croft challenged him on some of that stuff, and even the Putin Russia stuff, and. He was talking to him about how uh, effective uh, Putin's been. So you did hear it, and you haven't changed I did your hear mind? It and I have not changed Weird. my mind. I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, I'm talking about the interview. <laughs> he was bad. So bad. He's bad. I mean, he's oblivious to the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about Barack Obama, well, not he, anyone else. The world, according to him, the world is Barack Obama. That's the only thing that's important. He is the world. He is the world. He is, he the, is the only thing to be considered. Yeah, it's amazing. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. More Pat and Stu coming up. Here's the children, and I don't remember. It's an interesting story here. Uh, Playboy has has made the dramatic announcement they will no longer feature naked women in it. What a bizarre <laughs> that is amazing. world! Amazing. I thought this was such an interesting story. Are they not the inventors of porn in America? And that's kind of what the the one of the things they're the victims of their own success. Yeah. So they've been able to uh, make the country so much trashier when it comes to porn. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean I'm sorry, I don't mean to disparage Jeffy. Um, but they've been able to do that. So so now there's so much porn, it's all free. So people don't want to pay to see, you know, naked women uh, only you know, posing. Well, like, first you know, of all, let's be clear, it's not all free. That's okay. true. You do have some not all free. Okay. okay. I, I know you have some subscription sites. I don't know if that was the time to really push that. But this is what I found was interesting. What I found was interesting is they actually have already dropped the nudity from their website. Um, they've already done yeah. that. Have and, they really? And the reason and what do they is do? What, what do they, they found instead? is what uh, they have hot women pose yeah. provocatively still, but they're not naked. And the reason is um, hmm. all this stuff where social networks block content that's uh, not safe for work or, uh, you know, uh, sort of yeah. nude content. So they've been able to mainstream it more. So now that it, they can get past, they can be post all their you pictures on the social sensors, networks. All the Instagrams, everything can all go through. Listen to these numbers. As a, in August of last year, Playboy's website dispensed with nudity. As a result, Playboy executive says, the average age of his reader dropped from 47 to just over 30. And its web traffic jumped to about 16 million from 4 million. 
Wow. They quadrupled their web traffic because they're no wow. longer a porn site. They're just sort of a lifestyle, sexy yeah. sort of lifestyle magazine now. And one of the other things is this symbol, uh, the Playboy symbol, is one of the most recognizable Iconic. logos in the world, uh, going along with Pepsi and Coke to that yeah. level. It's mm-hmm. so well known. Um, so uh, it's kind of an interesting thing in that like they pioneered this whole deal. Then it became really successful, I mean, you know, for all of its negatives. And now it's been so successful, they're going back to mainstream, and they're able to increase uh, supposedly sales and, uh, and revenue. That That's way. amazing. It really is. I, I love the start of this because it, I can't imagine how this conversation must have gone. Uh, last month, Corey, Corey Jones, top editor at Playboy, went to see Hugh Hefner, the founder, the at the mansion. In a wood-paneled dining room with Picasso... Uh, prints on the walls. Prints? Really? He's got prints? You don't have actual <laughs> Picassos, this guy? Well, first come of all, on. the mansion where people come to visit you, <clears throat> yeah. uh, we're not putting the good stuff out. Uh, Mr. Jones nervously presented a radical suggestion. The magazine, leader of the revolution that helped take sex in America from furtive to ubiquitous, should stop publishing images of naked women. Not you because of morals, but because it, right, yeah. but because it's the right thing to do for the bottom, for the line. bottom yeah. line. And he convinced Hugh Hefner of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a smart thing to do, right? I mean, that was Hugh's bottom line at the clubs, the Playboy clubs, wasn't nudity; it was mm. the bunnies. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. He's about that. He's about the bottom line. And they said Penthouse went the other way, tried to get more right. uh, graphic, more and porn, it completely failed. Right. Uh, right. Guccione, yeah, Guccione blew that up. Uh, by the mm. way, there's a, speaking of uh, pictures that people are going crazy for on the internet, we have uh, this one uh, that really is making the circles uh, around um, uh, the web the last couple of days. Hot man pumping iron. Oh, yeah, look at that. Look at that. (laughs) That is, I saw that yesterday. I'm telling you, I I was embarrassed for you, Pat. Uh, We actually post, someone wrote wrote real men pump iron, so we made an actual, like, meme of that as well. It's not this version, but um, I actually posted this one. Oh, here it is. Look at that. There you go. Did you see this one, Pat? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, isn't that great? I That's mean, great. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, great. Someone wrote, um, uh, the only thing that surprises me is he's not making a grilled cheese with it. <laughs> I did love a some great of idea tweets. now. Yeah, no kidding. I did love some of the tweets about the Playboy uh, changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, NFL suspends, uh, suspends for violent tackles. Baseball wants no physical contact. Playboy stopped pu- publishing naked pics. Bizarro world. Yeah, I mean, jeez. Everything that once was. What's next? Yankees stop playing baseball. Xerox Xerox to stop making copies. A socialist (laughs) wins Iowa in the president. Oh. Yeah, Congress gets something done. That was actually (laughs) happening. This applies to only the website or the magazine? The website's already done. They're doing the magazine in the future. So you really will be buying Playboy for the article. Right. I would assume they'll have maybe a paid archive or something. I mean, but. It's amazing. Back is the uh, phone number. So Glenn uh, talked to Bobby Jindal yesterday, 
Now, Jindal came in, what, uh, sixth, I think, in the poll? And he's, yeah, he was doing that. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I think is a real, for this audience, for real conservatives, for Tea Party types, he should be considered in the top tier. Yes, he should. But, you, know, you might say he's not Ted Cruz. You might like the Rand Paul flavor a little bit. You might like uh, Ben Carson. There's a lot of, it's not to say that he's the only choice out there. That's one of the great things about this field is the field is really strong. But Jindal does have a pretty good, um, uh, a pretty good argument. Yes, I mean, he does. Very smart. He's, he's a, really good. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, yeah, he's really a smart good. guy. He's a Rhodes Scholar. I mean, just like you, Jeffy. Uh, so you kind of got something. Us, there's, a few of, there's a few of us out there <laughs> struggling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he now one of the things I will say, and we can. Um, I, I don't want to sour you before we play these clips from uh, Glenn's interview because I think Bobby oh, is a great candidate. I actually saw a poll in which he lost to Hillary Clinton. What? In Louisiana. No. I don't know what it is, but it, it seems like Louisiana's a little sick of him. And I think next time he's on, we should ask him about that because his approval ratings have fallen off. Um, I mean, he won re-election in a landslide. I mean, he but, running for president. But, yeah, it, it could be that. I, I, you know, I guess at some point when you have somebody who's been around for a while, you kind of get to that point where, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I just want to change. I don't know what it is. Um, and I, it could just be to he's just in a down cycle. But it's tough to run for president when you're in a down cycle. Um, so he hasn't caught fire yet, although I think he's really worthy of your consideration uh, for top choice. He's one of the top few. Like I can tell you, uh, you know, I think Glenn is really warm to him. I mean, Glenn's always liked Bobby Jindal, but I think he's been really impressed by him in these interviews. Here's a clip uh, from uh, night one of the Bobby Jindal interview. You asked me a question, so, you know, why me? You know, when people see me, here's what I would tell them. We got a bunch of political folks who keep telling us what we can't do. Now, they tell Republicans, well, you can't defund Planned Parenthood. You can't stop Obamacare. You can't stop amnesty. You can't stop the Iran deal. They've been telling me that my entire career. They told me I couldn't do school choice. They told me that we couldn't cut state government. They told me that we couldn't do ethics reforms. They told me we couldn't uh, defund Planned Parenthood. They, they told me we couldn't do a lot of things in Louisiana. We did those things. I've ate, my career has been taking on the establishment and saying, we're going to do what we told the voters we were going to do. You know, one of the best compliments I ever got was from a Democratic legislator. He said, this governor is so stubborn, he's not going to raise taxes for anything. Now, he meant it as an insult. He didn't mean it as a compliment. So what I think people should see when they look at me and they think about me as, as a president is they should think, here's a guy who'll go to D.C. and he'll fight for us. He won't tell us he can't. He won't give up. He won't surrender. He has done his whole career taking on the establishment. We're at a place now where anyone who has any credential of running anything in Washington or even states, um, you're immediately dismissed. How are, you going to, how are you going to break through to a class of people, and I'm one of them, that says, I'm tired of all of you guys? Well, two things. One, I think it's great that outsiders are doing well. Some people in the political class say, oh, this is a bad thing. Nonsense. The voters get to pick our leaders. And the founding fathers intended for our leaders to be part-time public servants. They didn't intend this to be a permanent separate political class. It's nonsense that the establishment thinks they should get to pick who's able to run or who should be on the debate stages or who's qualified to be our nominee. The way I break through is this. All these folks, look, every Republican running can give you a great speech. It's not hard to put in some red meat applause lines. You get somebody to write it for you. They all do that. The difference is I've actually done it. So all these people running for president, we're the only one that's cut government spending. We cut our state budget 26 percent. 
30,000 fewer state bureaucrats than the day I took office. Glenn, seven current former governors running for president on the Republican side. Not one of them, not another one of them has cut spending. They all talk about it. They haven't done it yet. They're not doing it when they get to D.C. Four senators running. They haven't cut anything in D.C. They give long speeches. They do these filibusters. Nothing changes. They got big bladders, but that doesn't make them qualified to be president. That's not enough. I got into this fight with Lindsey Graham at the last debate. Well, he tells me, well, we can't do it. You can almost hear the Republicans in D.C. whining. You know, Mitch McConnell, we can't defund Planned Parenthood. We can't stop the Iran deal. You hear this whining. You know, what good are they? I never hear Harry Reid say, well, I don't have 60 votes, so I'm giving up on Obamacare. You never hear Harry Reid say, I don't have 60 votes, so I'm not getting the president's judges confirmed. If the other side's willing to push and shove socialism down our throats, why isn't our side willing to fight just as hard for so why? and freedom? Why, why are we not? Well, I think that the honest truth is a lot of the so-called Republicans and conservatives, they've really been corrupted. They've been co-opted by the special interest. I think a lot of them, look, the Republican Party shouldn't be the party of big government, but we also shouldn't be the party of big business. Big business wants Common Core. Big business wants open borders. Big business wants amnesty. A lot of these so-called conservatives, a lot of these Republicans, they're not conservative. So are they, have they sold out or are they progressives? I think that you've got both. I think you've got some that have sold out. I think you have some that are progressives. I think you and have some. some. that are both. Yeah, that's right. Some are yeah. both. Some, some was easier for them to sell out because they didn't have the, the principles to begin Correct. with. You've got others that just don't have a spine. You, know, you have to do a backbone transplant. I mean, and that's why I want to fire them all. Let's say, but this is a very important point. I agree with you about the evils of progressivism, the dangers in our country. It's not confined to the Democratic Party. They are these elites in both parties, in the Republican Party as well, who think they're smarter than us. And I think a big theme in this election, we've talked about one theme uh, on the radio show as well, which is this growing desire to change the American dream into not freedom and opportunity and growth, but instead dependence on government. There's a second big theme, and it's a populist theme, where you've got those that think they're smarter than us. Glenn, they want to run our lives for us. That's how you get the the left telling us, well, we're going to tell you what kind of health insurance to buy. We're going to tell you you can't have your First Amendment religious liberty rights. We're going to tell you you can't have your Second Amendment gun rights. We're going to tell you what meals your kids can eat in school. We're going to tell you about, you know, the curriculum in Common Core. We're going to tell you we're not going to give you school choice. You're not smart enough to decide how your children should be educated. It's how Bloomberg gets to the point where he tells you, I'm going to have to tell you how many sodas you drink in New York City. And What's common behind all that is you've got elites, and they're not just Democrats. You've got some Republicans that think, hey, people like you and me and, and your viewers, we're not smart enough to run our lives. We need big government to do it for us. That's a dangerous thing. Mm. Yeah, it's a, that's a good clip, man. Uh, you know, a couple, a couple of things I would highlight from that. Um, first of all, the, the pointing out Harry Reid. Uh, Harry Reid never complains and says we don't have 60 votes, so we're not going to try to get Obamacare. Or we don't have 60 votes, so we're not going to get these judges com- uh, confirmed. Well, it's one of the biggest things that frustrates, I think, conservatives is you see the other side doing all the things you want your side to do. You want your side to say, here's my principle. I'm sticking to it. Get out of my way. And it's only our side that says, ah, well, I mean, we can't do it. We'll never win. We'll never have a chance. Well, we heard the same thing when Bush was president. Sure, we've got to come across the aisle. We've got to reach out. It was always that. Nothing with that. When we had, uh, you know, when we, Republicans, I guess, had power, uh, that was always the thing. Well, let's find that thing that we can mesh with the left on. Where's that thing we can meet them in the middle? Oh, here's a big government education program that we can kind of agree on because it has test standards. And it's like, it was that all the time. And Harry Reid comes across the aisle when you're willing to go his way. Yeah. There's no crossing. He just waits for you to come over. And, you know, look, uh, 
there's something to be said for that. Uh, you know, all the Democrats deserve a lot of blame for a lot of things, but at least they seem to stick, uh, fight hard for what they want. They do. Uh, and eventually they get it. That's progressivism. Uh, you know, eventually they are able to slide that Overton window just a little bit further and they're able to get what they want. The other thing I would say is he did, Jindal, you know, unlike Rand Paul, who is outwardly being critical, um, outwardly, um, you know, attacking Ted Cruz at this point, um, Jindal does it with a little bit more tact there. He, he, separates himself without attacking um you know um uh, these guys haven't cut government spending i have right. there's seven other governors i'm the only one that's cut government spend uh, government spending there are uh, a lot of people who make a lot of long speeches which is great but nothing ever gets done um th- those are well, those are okay it, there's not that you can't differentiate yourself between you know, from candidate to candidate you have to be able to do that to run a campaign but you know to to sit here and and be outwardly critical of somebody you think is also fighting for liberty is is a little bit irritating um and you know i, I don't know i mean you've really come a long way pat on on, on bobby jindal and that like he's probably what mm. your top two or three guys definitely top two yeah <laughs> it's really amazing. yeah wow it's uh it's cruz and then jindal Wow. And, and I, you know, yeah. you, you watch this performance. The, I can't put a finger as on, on it as to <laughs> why the Republican base wouldn't love this guy. I mean, you know, he, he, he's he got seemed, a great story. He's got a oh. great story. If, he's smart. He speaks in sound, but he's not doesn't have that George Bush problem. He, right. for, you know, he speaks kind of in sound bites a little bit, but he he still feels authentic, and he's seemingly. I mean, I, you know, not a lot of people questioning his conservative credentials. Um, I don't know why Louisiana isn't, like, super excited about him at the moment. For whatever reason, maybe we could ask him about that next time he's on. I would like to get his answer as to, you know, because uh, how do you win the country if you're can't? If you having problems winning Louisiana? <clears throat> that's, that's an issue. Mm. Uh, but he uh, went on with Glenn. Uh, this is part two. And, then, and by the way, t- tonight, there's even more of uh, Bobby Jindal on with Glenn. Uh, this is uh, one more uh, clip from uh, his cl- uh, interview last night. I'm looking for something that says... Uh it's a dramatic change. We just had a guy who dramatically changed the United States of America to save us. I'm just talking debt, um, culture, everything else. There has to be a dramatic change. How do you and what do you suggest we do that is a dramatic change to say, no, we are going the opposite direction, not just a cut. We're moving in a new direction. Where is that? Look, first of all, I agree with you, and I think that it's not incremental change. Look, not just any Republican president does is enough to save this country. This idea of America is what's slipping away. I think that fundamental change is standing up and saying that so much of what the government's doing today, it shouldn't be doing. And we're going to stop doing those things, and we're going to actually trust local people. This is going to be – You are you prepared – George Bush said to me um, – it was towards the end of his term, and the war wasn't going well. And we were sitting in his office, and uh, uh, he was speaking off the record, and he was a different man, a totally different man. And I said to him, no offense, Mr. President, but you right now, that's who I and everybody else is looking for. And he said, you know, because of the bully pulpit, you can't say these things, yada, yada. But he was strong and he was bold. And he said to me, listen, I am prepared to be the most hated man for the next half century. I know what people are going to say. But when it comes to the war in the Middle East, when it comes to radicalized Islam, 
History will prove it out. I have no other choice, period. That was then. With debt, with culture, with Islam, with just about everything that the president's going to face, you're going to be a hated man, hated man by a lot of people because you're going to take stuff away that has weakened us. You're going to take freebies away. You're going to you're going to demand that people actually live up to their personal responsibility. You ready for that? Absolutely. Let me tell you this. This is why. There'll be a moment where we're going to be called to reckon what were we willing to do when the idea of America was slipping away. And I want it to be said about me that I gave it everything I had. That to my last breath I was willing to fight to save the idea of America. We got enough politicians that follow the polls. We got enough celebrity politicians. There's a saying in the South that if you see a mob marching on City Hall, that a politician gets in front of it and calls, calls it a parade. That's not leadership. The times are too important. Look, you're exact, you look at issue after issue, foreign policy, Russia's eating our lunch right now. ISIS is growing in the Middle East. China's not, doesn't fear us. And they're, they're ascendant in Asia. Secondly, you look at culture. We've talked about the bankruptcy, the, the moral bankruptcy of our culture. The left's trying to take God out of the public square. The court's trying to redefine marriage. You talk about debt. We're going to be the next Greece. You talk about the fiscal culture. We've got more and more Americans thinking that the role of government is to take care of them as opposed to the idea that the American dream is freedom and opportunity. This isn't about being popular. This isn't about, look, we've got a bunch of Republicans that want to be invited to the right cocktail parties, that want the Washington Post to like them. If the Washington Post, the New York Times likes us, we're doing something wrong. Yes, that's very true. Uh, Bobby Jindalon with Glenn Beck. Uh, again, more tonight. Uh, you got to be impressed by the guy. I, I don't see, as of right now, I don't see a lot of downside with him. He seems like he'd be a really good candidate. He doesn't seem like he'd be making lots of mm-hmm. screw-ups. He seems like he's pretty unapologetically conservative. Mm-hmm. In fact, I will give I, you some in serious would... evidence. Hold on, this is important. <laughs> an, e- uh, an email sent um, from Jeff Fisher that says this. Bobby Jindal interview is the subject. It says, what bad speech? <laughs> if, if, if Jeffy is beyond the bad speech, this man has turned it around, and he I expect really him to get good. to 80% any time now. He was really good. He better. Yeah, he was. He better after that, I'll tell you that. He was really good. You know, I, you know there's certain candidates, like even Cruz, who I, I you know, love. Uh, there's, you know, some issues at times with him, you know, connecting with the audience or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, his delivery, people would criticize. Jindal, I've heard people say he speaks in, in too much, like, slogany. Too, uh, mm-hmm. And he, I, I, he does occasionally do that, but no more than any politician, and he seems to handle it better than most. Yeah. He, um, there, were, there was only maybe one or two times, really, during that interview that he sounded, and maybe uh, some of that will hasn't aired yet, uh, where he sounded uh, real politician-y. You know, he came across as like, okay, yeah. come well, on, yeah, there you go. And of course, and he, of course he is he, a politician. He is I a mean, politician, I get it. Yeah. You know, he, he, but, uh, you know, he seems like he's uh, a really good candidate. I mean, you have people like John Kasich that are somehow ahead of him. How is that possible? Uh, it's incomprehensible. I mean, uh, this guy has a much more conservative record. Uh, he is uh, better at this job. <laughs> I mean, he's Clearly. just better at doing this. John Kasich with the flailing hand gestures all the time. I don't, I don't know what he's doing with that. Um, but you well, know. his father was a postman. Okay, well, that doesn't explain okay. it. But thank you for interjecting. <laughs> <laughs> would you, would you, would you also thank? Brilliant. Yeah, okay. thank well, you. Well, I'm just was, letting you know. That was really yeah, good. That was a-
That was a postman. I mean, he's better than everybody except Cruz. Uh, and he might be as good as Cruz. And, you know, if you're wow. playing identity politics, which you're going to have to do in the, in the general election, who could play it better than he can? I, I don't know. I, for true. some reason, being uh, Indian doesn't count. Yeah, I guess I, I, not. Don't, I don't know why. It's like every but, every. It does, also doesn't count being Hispanic. Apparently, none of these things count yep. anymore. Not the only thing that matters is woman, unless you're a CEO, a former CEO. It doesn't then count it doesn't because count their either. families came to this country and realized that they got had to work and were in love with the idea of right. freedom and That's work right. for what you get. You know, without it's not taking a, handouts. It's not. It's a great. It's a great point, Jeff. It's not a story of victimization. Yeah. And, you know, for, for you to have a true, uh, uh, you know, identity politics win, you have to be able to say everyone's been keeping me down. Yep. And Bobby Jindal doesn't say that. No, and Ben not. Carson doesn't say that. And, and Carly Fiorini doesn't say that. Doesn't say that. And Car- Car- uh, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio don't say that. You know, they all have a great story. And, uh, you know, again, I, I will say this, and we brought this point up. We went through the poll earlier uh, today on the radio show. If you, if you want to see the results, I'll post them up on my Facebook page. Uh, but you have the situation where the only two people who have dropped out of this race are white guys. Uh, one, the, <laughs> uh, why does the Republican Party hate white guys so much? They're the only, well, the only ones that, uh, that are getting, having trouble in this campaign are white guys, with the obvious exception of Jim Gilchrist Morlinson. Who is uh, taking the whole race by storm? I think we can. Yeah, I think we can all agree. Yeah, that this guy is making a big difference. Whoa, I mean, yeah, he's on everybody's lips now. Everybody. Yeah. That's all you hear on the news. Yeah. That's all people talk about on the street. He was so good in the debate. It was almost like he well, wasn't he didn't. There. He wasn't in the debate. He was uh, or the little kids debate. He didn't make that one either. Um, but I think that's because people just think it would be unfair. It's yeah. like, uh, hey, <laughs> That's what uh, I meant. He was the so Little good. League Championship's about to happen. Here's Barry Bonds in his prime. Can he play? No. <laughs> it's not that he's not good enough. It's the opposite. He's too, too good. good. He's too good. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven. Back more of Pat and Stu coming up. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Uh, is Gaydar real, Pat? Are you asking or um, saying? I'm asking. Is Gaydar real? Now that would be radar to detect people who are gay. Yes, that is what that would be. Uh, okay, so like straight people have it. Or I, well, it could be straight people gay or gay people, people. have it. Um, uh, I, I, a friend, a friend of mine who is gay uh, says he definitely has gay. Yes. I, I believe that. Uh, he has yes, gaydar. Yes. gaydar. Really? In fact, um, uh, uh, a friend of his w- uh, wasn't sure if, like, so a friend of his wasn't sure if another friend was gay. So he brought out his gay friend to say, is this guy gay? And then when he went to the bathroom, he said, oh, yeah, he's gay. Yeah. My, uh, I want, <laughs> yeah, that was basically really? how the story was told to me. <laughs> I'd like to, you know, just say that for this is, I'm proud of uh, my wife. Uh, my wife has that as well. Your wife has gaydar. Yeah, oh, very, that's very nice. She's honed that to perfection. Uh, I don't know what, it is a bizarre thing that I guess, uh, I mean, because I know uh, particularly, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, this one particular gay friend of mine says he has, and he's very strong on that. that oh, it yeah. does exist. Yes. And he's very clear. Right. Um, now, researchers are now trying to find um, a test to figure out, through DNA, 
whether you are gay or not. They, can, they say a, a DNA test can now predict it. Uh, researchers examined 400,000 of these tags. They're chemicals that latch onto DNA and help turn genes on or off. Um, and zeroed in on five that were notably different in gay and straight twins. So, okay, you've got a set of twins. Um, one is gay, one is not. So everything else DNA-wise would line up. Hey, what's going on? Here's five things that are different. A resulting algorithm correctly predicted the men's sexual orientation nearly 70% of the time. So there you go. Now, it's weird because they could also just tell you. So <laughs> I don't know mm. really what the point of the test is. It's not like they could just say, yeah, yeah, I like dudes or whatever. You know, that would be kind of another way of mm-hmm. telling if they're gay or not. Mm-hmm. They could just tell Heck you. Yeah, but they, they might be lying. That's true. I, you, you never know. You, a lot of people do lie. I think what they're trying things. to do through this is uh, is tell us that you're yes. born that you're way. You're born with them. Yeah, that's, yes. defi- that's, what, that's definitely what they're trying the intent, to do. 100%. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's... It, it, it's sort of, I don't know. Like I also thought that was an interesting thing. Of like they always they want to make sure that you, you say that you're born that way, which whatever. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a pointless debate, honestly. But uh, right. what I always find about it interesting is it's the only thing in which you don't want to say you chose it. Like it, it's like usually when they're saying something is a, something that you like. Like for example, I, I'm an I'm an, uh, an Eagles fan. Like, you want to say that you chose the Eagles because you, cause you like the Eagles. is my decision. I, I looked at all the options. I found the one I like best. This is the only thing in which you were actually arguing the opposite. I didn't look and choose the thing I liked best. I, was, I had no part in this decision whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of, a, it's kind of an interesting reverse debate? Whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I, a lot of, you'll find that, you know, obviously it's been a sensitive issue for a long time. And uh, people uh, apparently have been covering things up, I guess. Uh, and it was uh, some people try to. I've been trying to be a number of people gentle have done here. it for a long time. Yeah, a lot of people. There's been some people who've been doing this for a long time, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you knew about all of this or whatever, but uh, we found out on a program on MSNBS, uh, the Garth Bunk program, the real truth about the guy who runs this network. Watch. Oh my gosh, do we have that? <laughs> This is MSNBS. I'm Garth Bunk. I'm just a regular guy just like you. With an IQ almost half of a regular guy just like you. I work for a network that spent literally hundreds of dollars hiring an army of anti-capitalist teenagers with MacBooks scouring the first page of Google search results to dig up the dirt on Reblunderkins all across America. Just like my favorite superhero, Wonder Woman, I gas up my invisible jet and I throw the lasso of truth at conservators exposing their lies. I'm always careful, though, because when you use the lasso of truth, you must remember never to mistakenly hit yourself with it. I'm Garth Bunk, and this is the Garth Bunk brand. The Reblunderkins are at it again. They'll see like the truth. They'll see. I Garth Adian. Well, well, well. You got a big fish tonight, folks. A Libertarian scandal. The Baxter. He's been caught. We got him. Finally. Well, we got a blog that referenced another blog who got him. 
Tonight's copy and paste segment, the Baxter has a secret. And it's not a little innocent secret, like when I bring my mom to Fuddruckers, and I tell her that the cute waitress inside is really my girlfriend, but she'll get fired if she's seen talking to me during work hours so we can't go in and meet her. <laughs> and it's certainly not a little secret, like when I tell that judge that I will no longer go within 500 feet of a Fuddruckers. This is a big one. <laughs> Garth Buck can confirm that longtime gay marriage opponent, the Bexter, has a secret same sex lover. <laughs> it's true. He said it himself. Watch. I have fallen in love with Paul. He's such an amazing guy, and he does exist. <laughs> we gotcha. He admitted it. He admitted it! He loves someone named Paul, who he described as an amazing guy! And if you think we're lying, he clearly says the man, quote, does exist! But that's not all. Sometimes the public world and the private world of the Baxter collide. Sometimes he gets confused. Sometimes he forgets what he has told his audience of Republicans. Watch. Do you remember when I came out? Do we remember when you came out? No, we don't back because you've been wearing this beard the whole time. I mean, now that we know the truth, it really is ridiculous. Who would possibly believe that this woman would ever be with you, Beck? It's literally impossible. There is no way that someone like this could ever be attracted to you. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> what is going on here? Is she really a spy for ISIS? And lying and living with you is the torturous test to prove her loyalty? Maybe you think this is just a little slip-up or two from the Vexer. Maybe you think this man partner isn't even real. Maybe you think to prove it, we need, I don't know. <laughs> we need his lover to call in himself on the air. Well, then maybe you need to see this. Thank you, Glenn. I love you, man. I love you, too. Thank you very much. Can't wait till that comment is taken out of context. Stop the, stop the clip! Stop I the clip! Fallen in and if that wasn't enough, let's put the icing on the cake. The gay cake! Let's put the icing on the cake. Then I today am a homosexual. Well, there you go! There it is! As clear as gay! Now, of course, some of these teabaggers will tell you that the Baxter is happily married. And they'll tell you that he just wants the government out of every marriage, gay or straight. And they'll say that while they should be able to believe whatever they want, they want a small government that doesn't get in the way. And they'll ask, why? Why? If we're so progressive on issues of sexuality that I would sit around trying to prove someone else is gay and maybe I'm just hiding some long, repressed group of emotions that I'm in strong denial of. 
that I only acknowledge at certain establishments on certain happy hours, wearing certain disguises. And all of that will it'll seem like the truth. It'll seem like the truth. But we know better than to listen to the truth. I guarantee it. Coming up on the Bunk Brand, an update on last night's story about Sean Hannity's quadruple murder of Indonesian refugees for sport. From our Garth Bunk news story, Retraction Room. Been bunked! Triple eight seven two seven back. Pat and Stu, we've got uh, seven culturally inappropriate Halloween costumes oh. that you need to avoid this year. I okay, we can't offend anyone, and uh, mm -hmm. it's constitutional. It's the offensive clause. Mm -hmm. uh, you the, have the right to not be offended. Yeah, and so uh, now that we're all grown up, we're hopefully more aware of racism in our nation's history of colonizing and oppressing marginalized peoples. Yes. Thank right? you, Pat. Am I right? Am I right? I hope, we, hear, I hope we get into this in the Democratic debate tonight. No, That's I do all too. I'm saying. I if do they too. don't talk about mm. these costumes right. and the culturally right. appropriative nature of right. them. Right. Like Native Americans, people of color, and the transqueer population. Yes! You don't want to do any of the transqueer how, stuff. How many? That's why you can't go as Glenn Beck anymore. Right. He's obviously been obviously exposed now as transqueer a transqueer person. Population person. Mm -hmm. Population person. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, number one. Well, that's uh, just even though Caitlyn has said yeah. it's funny, yes. didn't have a problem with yeah. it, totally Wish cool. Wish she would have thought of it. Wish, yes. Uh, Seriously, uh, how much money would Caitlyn be taking in on that costume right now? Oh my God. I mean, they make plenty imagine? of money as it is. Uh, the Jenner family is not exactly hurting. Even their like <laughs> eight year old daughters are supermodels at this point, uh, no, which is right. a little odd for some. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, pretty amazing uh, that. Uh, that even when Caitlyn Jenner says it's not offensive, it's still offensive. Yeah, right. Uh, because for many non-binary individuals, non-binary, <laughs> okay, uh, the opposite is true. The opposite of Jenner is true. <clears throat> they are offended. Speaking as a non-binary person, the person who wrote this says, I find this costume distressing, not only because it's likely being modeled by a cis man, but because it turns trans identities into a dress-up game. I couldn't have said that any better myself. Um, no, Halloween is a dress-up game. <laughs> it's not turning yeah. your identity into a dress-up game. It's Halloween. That's so you, we're not identifying as witches for the evening. No. It's just Halloween. You dress up as something. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if, if, if Caitlyn Jenner does not have a problem with it, then I don't think you should have a problem with it. And by the way, I can't. Cis man, I can't even, I can't I even keep track of what we're talking about anymore. Binary, non-binary? Have you heard that term before? Jeffy, what's the definition of non-binary? Non <laughs> Can you... Uh, uh, <clears throat> describes any gender identity which does not fit within the binary of male or female. So the non... Hey, non-binary is you're neither one of the two. Right? Gotcha. Right. Okay, gotcha. Good. I'm glad we sorted that out. Uh, Native yeah. American, uh, very uh, offensive. Oh, my uh, gosh. Even though How 
the hot you. Native American is a, apparently what we're showing. Um, and that's, uh, yes, and I, I approve of that. I approve outfit. of this message. <clears throat> um, uh, <clears throat> according to Indian Country, a national media platform for Native voices, which calls itself Indian, which in itself mm. is offensive, but mm-hmm. so, because they can't even describe it as an Indian uh, a platform for Indian voices. They have to say it's a platform for Native voices, but it's called Indian Country. Weird. <laughs> um, Native American attire reminds us of what we've lost. Even historically accurate costumes trivialize Native American genocide and perpetuate the harmful stereotypes that fueled it. Thank you. Even if so, even if it's accurate, it's yep. perpetuating a stereotype that fueled genocide. That's correct. You know why? Because they took my whole Indian nation and they locked them on <laughs> that reservation. It has been a while. They took away yeah. our way of life. Yeah. Tomahawk, the bow and knife. <laughs> the most stereotypical things uh, you could possibly. Oh, they the took beads. them away, Stu. Yeah. Uh-huh. We made by hand? <laughs> beads. This is the worst defense of <laughs> nowadays. Of time. Made in Japan. Yeah. Took away our native tongue. You know what they did then? Um, Taught their freaking English to our young. Oh, no. <laughs> it's weird how they did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Cherokee people. The Cherokee people, Cher- Cherokee, Cherokee tribe. tribe. Okay, um, we're so proud to live and so, so proud, to, proud die. to die. I was uh, happy to send Pat uh, the other day a song I stumbled upon by the band Europe. <laughs> I had never heard that. You never song. heard it before. I'd it's never called heard Cherokee. It. Can you get the lyrics? Oh my gosh. Cherokee by really? Europe. So, oh, it's so bad. I thought uh, the final countdown was a well, bad song. You you got me on this kick because you were talking about Europe's the final countdown, the song, which is still played at every sporting event. Well, no, it's because it's on that yeah. stupid but now commercial. It's on, it's on the, the Geico yeah. commercial Jeez. where the guy can't hit the notes, which is not you, anywhere near the notes. Right, he's not even trying. He's like, no. it's the final, it's the final countdown. countdown. And look, you know, it happens. When in, in, in the beginning, <laughs> the final countdown! Wow, and now it's... The final countdown. Why even bother if right. you can't get right. anywhere near your song? Uh, because they have a, they play to rooms of twelve, and Geico <laughs> yes. gave them a major national ad campaign yeah. inexplicably. Yes. So, but that inspired me to think it, there was more than the final countdown, wasn't there? And there was. There was a power ballad that came out after it that I can't remember. And then the song Cherokee, which immediately had me rem- thinking of Pat, who constantly <laughs> quotes the stupid Cherokee people, Cherokee tribe song. Right. So do we have the lyrics? This is heartfelt. Well, first of all, I know you did not just call that song stupid. You're right. I did not. Okay. okay. It would be culturally, uh, culturally appropriative if I did yeah, It would. They lived in peace not long ago. Not long ago. Not long ago. Well, a it was quite a while Indian ago, actually. tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the winds of change made them realize that the promises were lies. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. The white man's greed yep. and search of gold Don't do it. made the nation bleed. Oh, man. They lost their faith, mm-hmm. and now they had to learn there was no place to return. Nope, none. Nowhere they could turn. Nice rhyme. Cherokee. Marching on the Trail of Tears. <laughs> that is really so, bad. It's like, you've, you, you, oh, we man. all laugh at how <laughs> silly and trite these like dumb defenses of causes are by celebrities. But it's not until you get like a little bit more separated from it do you realize how bad this is. This is a band like trying to be important. And connect to a real cause. Yeah. And it's yeah. so So cheesy and so awful. bad. So bad. You have more, Jeffy? Well, they were driven hard across the plains mm-hmm. and walked for many moons. Because <laughs> the winds of change 
had made them realize that the promises were lies. Wow. Mm. Wow. Damn. Yeah. So much even, to bear. Even, even came All with some tribal uh, there sounds go. there. That All was right. good. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> well, you can't do that. Can't be a Native American for Halloween. No. So, and by the way, uh, uh, California just banned the t- term Redskins for their high school teams. So, good. It's about time. It's finally. About, it's finally. About time. Finally. Uh, you also can't be a geisha. In case it's still not clear, Katy Perry's choice to dress in a geisha-inspired outfit in 2013, American Music Awards, definitely offensive. <clears throat> Despite her love for Japanese culture, which is apparently reduced down to stereotypical portrayals and summed up by a single Jeez. profession within Japan, this outfit is not okay. Okay, that outfit it is, is okay. not okay. It is okay. <clears throat> it's actually it's beyond <laughs> okay. Nice. That yes. is phenomenal. Nice. We're finding very good examples yeah, in these costumes. Yeah, there's, some, there's, wow. uh, there's a couple other good examples in the story as well. So just, okay. All yeah. right. Uh, let's go to uh, a, a skeleton, I guess. Uh, the Day of the Dead skeleton, or if you're raised in Mexico, I guess this is a big deal. De los muertos, skeleton. Dio de los These are all just the sexy versions of these costumes. Oh, yeah, this is di- that's a different one than the one in my story, even. Yeah, it, it, people don't dress in normal costumes anymore. It's just, it's yeah, either the sexy don't. or nothing. Yeah. Um, I also will say, can you imagine living this life? No. Where everything offends you so I even much. go outside. I, I, there's a, one of those dumb... Um, uh, memes that gets passed around, and it's like a woman just looking at her computer screen like this. Like, you know, she's very angry. She's looking at her computer screen. She's like, there must be some way that this victimizes me. And it's like such a great, it's just how we all, I guess, live right. now. You're yeah. just constantly searching for outrage and to be victimized by something and somebody doing something. I don't know. Let's just move on to the next hot costume. All right. It's the traditional Indian dress, and there it is. Yow. That's, uh, I don't think that's a traditional idea. But I'm it's happy the Indian dress of India. Mm, there you go. So. I'll tell you what, Halloween costume, mocking the transgender community is degrading, disrespectful, and harmful. We are humans, not jokes. Okay. Thank you. Okay, that's Thank right. You, Jeff. Right. Um, that's right. But I'm we've glad. moved on to mocking other cultures. Right. No. Like the gypsy and culture. Ta- no. Yes. Have it. Mm-hmm. Um, the gypsy culture uh, is apparently important as well, not to mock. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, uh, besides the obvious cultural appropriation issue surrounding this costume, the term gypsy is a derogatory one, <laughs> and used to describe the Romani groups. Like it, when you have to research why you should be. Uh, offended you're mm-hmm. not offended it's not real yeah like when you have to say wait a minute what does that mean hold on that group that group i've never talked about in my entire life before this article the even heard of? people i'm going to have to be offended for them now even though they probably don't even exist anymore <gasps> it's like that idea that you have to search to find a path to be offended that's not real offense and by the way uh number seven is don't dress as an egyptian goddess don't do it because there's one now, and that's just so, wrong. so, so wrong. Yeah, um, Katy Perry dressed as an Egyptian goddess for her Dark Horse video and went pretty over the top with her stereotypical portrayal of Egyptians. In a way, she arguably perpetrated the American habit of portraying Egyptian people as very fair-skinned or, you know, white in popular culture. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, have you seen Egyptians? I uh, I mean, are they super fair-skinned, as fair-skinned as many others in the world, like Europeans? Maybe not, but they're they're white people. They're like, Some they're are. not black. They're not. I mean, wh- 
I don't. I don't know what the. I mean, what is the deal? Yeah, I mean, it's just you, so bizarre. You, you can't even portray the people as they are. And like I, I've noticed in Egyptian movies, when like uh, you know, in ancient times, if you show Moses or if you portray uh, Pharaoh, you, you're not supposed to do it with white people anymore. Or or people who aren't black, and well, we just got they're not black. Yesterday we were talking about they're saying there weren't enough Chinese Americans, Asian Americans in a stupid movie. That's right. Stop. Right. It. That's just the constant search oh, to be just offended. So it's ridiculous. So, all right, uh, let's really take a break. Come back on the other side with uh, we have got uh, 21 gloriously cheesy desserts that everyone's oh. made for us because that's what happens when we talk about food oh, on the nice. show. We're gonna have an example nice. of each one. And we'll try that. Let's bring those out right now. Welcome. Uh, we have uh, 21 gloriously cheesy desserts from BuzzFeed because that's what BuzzFeed does. And I, we like them for that, <clears throat> by the way. Yeah. Well, in some cases. I mean, you know, <laughs> the 47 things that your plumber says to you when he's under the sink. <laughs> is that a new I article? Know. I thought it was what you were supposed to say to your plumber. Plus, you know what's frustrating is by the time you get to about 40, you're like, why am I doing this? Uh, <laughs> like, oh, I've tried the first 40. This guy is not responding. I hope the last seven are strong. <laughs> uh, number one is the apple and goat cheesecake. That sounds pretty oh, good. That, and here's a look. That looks good. Awesome. Apple and goat cheese. Oh, man. I'm not big on the goat cheese, though. But oh, I love goat cheese. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys know that um, some in some cultures, <laughs> they actually delicious. Milk goats, even if they're male. <laughs> oh, what idiots! <laughs> right? Uh, right after they attack the town of Sinjar, it's oh, crazy. Oh man. man, they're not that dumb. No, they are. Um, cheddar and caramel Chicago mixed cupcakes. Uh, Ooh, me. That me. looks good. Mm-hmm. Me, me again. Uh, uh, cranberry. Also me. <laughs> apple and Gouda puff pastry roses. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'll go with I'm that. I'm a big Gouda guy. I, would I say know we I, wanted to get this started before we brought him in, but, but Natasha, go ahead and roll him in now. <laughs> we'll just try him now. Here's a biscuit <laughs> keju with uh, mm-hmm. uh, cheddar cookies, I guess. Mm-hmm. I okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'd give it a whirl. Fine. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> Cheese blintzes with homemade blackberry syrup. Oh, that sounds oh. pretty good. Oh. Yeah, I like that. I bet you that's good. I'm a big fan of uh, ricotta uh, when it comes to desserts and also pizza. I really like it on pizza a lot. Yes. Or in ziti. Let me mix it up. We're not even going to get onto this if I don't stop talking. (laughs) Uh, This is a raspberry and ricotta microwave mug cake. Bring it to me. Oh, that looks good. Oh. Really does. Mm -hmm. That looks really good. Uh, Then we've got the peach and maple mascarpone uh, dessert pizza. I love the concept of dessert pizza. Uh, Mascarpone. Um, how about uh, cheddar chew fritters? Uh, anything okay. fritterish with cheese? I'm kind of in. Apple and cream cheese hand pies with cardamom. Cardamom. I don't even know cardamom. what any of these things are. Milk pita. They, they could just be making words up yeah, at this point. And I don't know. I just want to eat all of them. Yeah, a lot of the stuff milk I don't know. You have the milk pita? Mm, Apparently not. That one. Uh, paneer kier popsicles. Oh, this Ooh. is paneer. I, yeah, this is a, it's like an Indian cheese, is the way I would uh, describe it. Um, for a popsicle? I don't know for a popsicle. That does not necessarily sound like I want to eat it. No, it does not. But yeah. uh, it's good in, in the Indian food. I'll say that. I will say okay. that. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, we'll try it. All right. Uh, pumpkin something with the filling. That looks good. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to get a yeah, those are cute. You can eat about 8,000 mm. of those. Oh, God. 
peach yeah. cobbler and yeah. white cheddar biscuit. Oh yeah, right there. Yep. Oh, yeah. oh white yeah. cheddar right biscuit. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. man. By the way, someone asked me on uh, Twitter or something. Well, uh, I might be too young, but who is Pat making fun of when he says, right there? No. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah, you, you are too young if you don't know yeah. the Howard Cosell. Oh, reference. my gosh. The Howard Cosell, the great Howard Cosell. Right there. Uh, all right. Uh, down goes Frasia. Goat cheese and guava pasta panna cotta. Ah. Uh, yeah, I'm in. Okay, that looks good. That looks good. How about, uh, where do we leave off here? Cranberry Parmesan shortbread cookies? Oh, oh yes. Oh, I bet oh. you those are These are good. all unusual, too. Yeah. Uh, strawberry and brie lollipop pies. Okay. 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 I'm in. Uh, what else? Chocolate goat cheese truffles? A lot of goat oh, cheese. Oh, jeez, man. Yes, but I would eat that. Holy crap. You that know that is probably right. really delicious. Yeah, we're down to the last 10 seconds. We got one more? Oh. Uh, one more in there. And uh, how about this? Caramel, caramelized pecan brie bites. Oh, All right. yes, please. Brie bites. Wow. We've, we've gained 1,000 pounds just watching this segment.